his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. This past week, Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson took a definite step towards running for mayor of Chicago. He amended his filings with the Illinois State Board of Elections to include mayor as an office he might seek and collect signatures for. But who is Commissioner Johnson and why are a lot of people, including a lot of teachers, urging him to run? This weekend, it's a conversation with Brandon Johnson. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guest is in just his first term as a Cook County Commissioner. Brandon Johnson was elected to the county board in 2018, narrowly ousting incumbent Commissioner Richard Boykin. Before that, he was a social studies teacher and a member of the Chicago Teachers Union. But in his first term, Commissioner Johnson has made a name for himself among progressives, board members, and on high-profile issues among the public. In this half hour, we're going to talk about a number of those issues. We are speaking via Zoom conferencing, and Commissioner Brandon Johnson, welcome. Hey, thank you, Craig, and I'm uh, looking forward to today's conversation and appreciate the time today. Well, and we appreciate you joining us. Well, let's talk about first the process that you're going through here. You've opened the door to seeking higher office, but what are the kinds of things you have to learn about the field and maybe even yourself before you decide if you're actually going to launch a campaign? Well, it's a very um, exciting moment, um, I think, in our nation's history, Craig, where um, there are a number of uh, progressive groups, um, labor, the faith community, community-based organizations um, that are eager uh, to have our brand of politics expressed at an executive level. And so there are workers um, uh, that are frontline workers, um, not just teachers and paraprofessionals, uh, but nurses, um, uh, custodial workers that are strongly encouraging me uh, to represent the interests of working people um, in the city of Chicago. And I'm taking those um, though that urge very seriously. Um, but, you know, you are a, a West Sider who may not be as well known citywide, although obviously there have been some issues uh, and we'll get into some of them where you have been out in front. But still, uh, what are you hearing from people around the city? Well, you know, my, as you indicated, my wife and I, and I love her dearly. Um, we're raising our three children on the west side of Chicago. 
And I have an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old. And there are families like mine um, that are um, that desperately want executive leadership to speak to the concerns that we have. And obviously those concerns are making sure that there are neighborhood schools that are fully uh, funded and supported, um, making sure that we have um, uh, violence prevention um, operations that actually get at the root causes of many of the societal ills that unfortunately, uh, Craig, for decades have gone unaddressed. Um, there are families like mine that are um, looking for economic stability and affordability um, in the city of Chicago. And quite frankly, they're looking for leadership that's gonna speak directly to the needs of working people across the city of Chicago. And, you know, as my wife and I navigate the city of Chicago, like many families, um, to find a neighborhood school or a, a public school that provides wraparound services to address the entire development of a child. You know, as we worry about, quite frankly, our children riding their bikes, you know, in our community, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be raised in my family in Austin on the west side of Chicago. It's one of the most dynamic communities in the entire city, but it's also one of the most violent neighborhoods, um, quite frankly, in the country. And what I'm hearing is that the city desperately, need, desperately needs um, an executive that is prepared to address the issues that working families like mine face every single day. And we are going to talk about some of those issues along the way, that one in particular. But first, a political consideration. How concerned are you about what is turning into a really crowded field and to see that the possibility the, that that field could scatter the opposition, uh, what there is, to Mayor Lightfoot? Well, what it says is that is that there are multiple um, concerns that you know have been unaddressed um, over these past four years. Um, you know the fact that you had um, you know uh, someone who ran on progressive values and then abandoned those values once um, you know the office was secure. Um, that left a lot of people disappointed. You know, you know, and I can tell you a little bit about, you know, the experiences of families who, who have been disappointed and let down over the course of not just these past four years, but going back to the previous administration. You know, as an organizer, Craig, I worked all over the city of Chicago to secure enough signatures and political support for an elected representative school board. Um, I did that as an organizer because that's what um, our families want. They want democracy um, as it relates to determining the outcome of our children's success. And unfortunately, uh, this mayor disappointed people by um, flaking on them um, as it relates to an elected school board. She rejected the notion uh, and the idea once she became mayor. And the field of individuals that wish to lead this city um, 
is more indicative of the failures of this current administration. Now, as far as I'm concerned, again, as, as, as an organizer, I've worked hard to bring community groups together to address the critical needs that people in Chicago are experiencing. And that's from Ravenswood to Inglewood, you know, pushing for mental health care um, services to be made available and health clinics to be restored and reopened. And again, pushing for an elected representative school board, um, you know, pushing for the rights of workers to be able to organize and unionize, and then pushing for a public safety plan that gets at the root causes of, again, the, the social issues that we are faced with. And so, you know, I can't speak to anyone else's desire. All I can say, Craig, is that, that again, as an organizer, I have a track record of building coalitions across the city um, that speak to the issues that working people uh, want us to, to articulate, lead on, and actually deliver on. Now, Mayor Lightfoot leans into her reputation as a, as a hard-charging, impatient person. Uh, do you feel there's a, a, a better way to get things done? <laughs> you know, Craig, that's a, that's a very good question. Look, I, I was raised by, by pastors. And, you know, my father always, you know, challenged all of us. It was 10 of us, by the way, Craig, mm. um, in my family. And I'm right in the middle. I'm the middle child. So, you know, that comes with a whole set of um, uh, unique qualities, <laughs> being a middle child. But, but, but what my father always shared with us, with us was that you treat people the way you want to be treated, right? That is, that, that is the, the principle of, 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 of our upbringing. But what he also challenged us to do was work together to figure it out. Craig, it was 10 of us with one bathroom. <laughs> we had to work it out every single morning and every evening. Um, and I, I, I believe that I'm uniquely positioned, um, just again, from my upbringing uh, and being a middle child, one of 10, where I was accountable to my older siblings, and I was also responsible for my younger siblings. Like that—that's—that's—that's what makes you know this moment unique, is because I do possess um, some of the things that I think are going to be necessary in order to to bring forth a stronger Chicago. As far as the city council is concerned, and this mayor has uh, has had her challenges with the city council, but not all of her, in fact, maybe even not much of her own making. This is an increasingly independent city council. People for years bemoaned the rubber stamp city council. Well, there's, you know, things happen when you don't have one of those, and she doesn't. It's likely to grow more independent uh, with so many people leaving, there are factions. It's the progressives. It's the Latino caucus, the lakefront uh, uh, representatives. How do you take a body that is evolving like that and get things done? Well, first of all, you have to be willing to um, you have to be committed to building a coalition. And, and look, this is. This is the, the real consideration that I am um, leaning into the most. 
is how do you establish and build partnerships with people even before um, you make any pronouncement? And that's the process that I'm going through now because getting in this race, clearly based upon the number of candidates that have already declared or wish to declare, that's not very hard to do. Like anyone can make an announcement, but can you build a coalition and partnership partnerships with, with people across the city, black, brown, white, young, old, uh, rich, poor, gay, straight, trans? That, that dynamic is something that quite frankly, this city needs, right? This city needs the, the, the thought partners that have a variety of experiences that can lead us to more of a just, equitable society. On the County Board of Commissioners, there's 17 of us from all over the county. And there are several separately elected, constitutionally protected countywide officers, along with a president with a $9 billion budget. And in four years, I've been able to build coalitions across the county, work with separately elected individuals, and you know them by name, and you know the very dynamic personalities that all of them brings to county government, along with the president. And we've been able to not only build on the $9 billion budget that I've been responsible for, we've been able to address many of the critical needs um, that have gone unaddressed, unfortunately, for generations. And so that's, again, being raised in a household with a, with a pastor and nine siblings, one bathroom, a county commissioner with 16 other districts, with separately elected governing bodies uh, or constitutionally protected bodies with the president, working as a teacher, quite frankly, and, and serving alongside other educators um, who also bring a variety of experiences into a building, that that's the type of leadership that the city needs is someone who not only has the ability, but is willing to, to, to be in partnership with folks. And that's how I've lived my entire life, Craig. Is it, well, first off, D, what's your timetable for making a decision? So, you know, I mentioned I have an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old. And, you know, the two babies, I call them babies still, you know, they're, they're obviously Do they like very, that they're, they're, <laughs> they're having a tough time, uh, you know, with 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 me not wanting them to grow up. But that's just something that I know you as a father probably could, certainly could relate to. And um, and, you know, they're they're certainly excited about the possibility. Right. But, you know, my 14 year old said something to me, Craig, that was really touched my wife and I as we've gone through this process. And he's in a high school and shout out to all the Broncos. He's a, he's a Bronco. Uh, he attends Kenwood. And, you know, he said, dad, before you make any decision, he said, I'm going into a new high school. And he said, dad, I want to know who is real in my life. And, 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 and I said, son, I hear you. And so I wanted to give him time to, to, to earn his keeps um, because he's kind of a throwback. You know, my son would have definitely survived the 80s. He's much like his great grandfather. He's just kind of wired that way. 
And he, he did not want any decision that I, that I make to have any impact on his ability to demonstrate um, what his worth is. And then I think finally, Craig, besides just the contemplation of my family, we're building this vehicle, this infrastructure um, across the city, a coalition that can lead um, in the 21st century. And you know, I've been married for almost 25 years. I'm the person in the marriage who just believes that vehicles don't ever really run out of gas. I'm that guy. <laughs> and I know married couples probably can relate to this. There's always one of us that have just pushed the envelope a little bit. And so what my wife said to me was, she says, Brandon, I know you're gonna build and bring people together. She said, but make sure before you pull off, there's enough gas in the tank. And so our timeline is based on making sure that my son receives his footing um, in his new school and, and making sure that we have enough gas in the tank. And I think you know what that means. Amen. Well, you have a good and wise family. You are listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm Craig Delamore. My guest is Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson, who is considering a run for mayor. Well, let's talk about topic A in Chicago, uh, uh, and that would be public safety. Uh, there are, this is a concern at the county level too. We are not <laughs> talking only about Chicago here, but the level of gun violence in the neighborhoods, uh, it is still uh, bad. How bad is it? And how concerned are you about what can be done? Yeah, you know, you know, Craig, there's, look, as a father, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anyone that thinks about public safety and gun violence, you know, more than, 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 than a father or a mother, especially those of us living on the west side of Chicago. As I indicated, Austin, a very beautiful, dynamic community. We love raising our children there. And the truth of the matter is um, that there is a window in my children's bedroom that is being replaced this weekend um, from um, a bullet coming through our home. And we face it every single day. Um, you know, there was a moment during spring break where my oldest son who also plays soccer uh, wanted to go to the field to, to, to work out. And I was at work, Craig, and um, a colleague of mine said they were gonna pick him up and they were late. And I was at work. I didn't know they were running late. And as I said, my son is kind of a throwback to the 80s. He associates time with money. And so he insisted on riding his bike um, to the field. And, you know, I later found out that he did it. And it was the first time that he rode his bike through the neighborhood on his own. And it, it, it horrifies me that a bike ride or even something as simple as trick or treating could end in a tragedy on the news. And what I'm committed to doing is what I've done at the county level. It's why we have an historic investment in violence prevention, uh, resources that have been distributed throughout Cook County, $75 million of, of grants that have gone to community-based organizations to address um, the social ills that exist within our communities that often lead towards um, violence, quite frankly. and. 25 million of those dollars we secured for the first district alone. And those are dollars that are going towards to address, um, you know, the social emotional challenges that, that many of our young people are experiencing. Um, joblessness, homelessness, 
Um, there are multiple organizations that have been funded um, to, to deal with workforce development. And look, if, if, if we're gonna have a safe community, and again, my wife and I, we think about it every single day, the number of gunshots that we hear that ring through um, our neighborhood, and quite frankly, they have penetrated through our home. Um, that addressing it requires a holistic approach to get at the root causes of, of violence. And until we're committed to that, and that's what I've been pushing at the county level, until we're committed to that, um, then, then we're not serious. And it's a serious matter for my wife and I, because again, we endure it every single day. And, and it, 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 it shouldn't be that way, Craig. I, I represent uh, on the west side of Chicago, some of the most um, impoverished communities in the entire world. Garfield Park has been described as a developing nation because violence and poverty per capita reflects a developing nation. I also represent parts of the West Loop and in the Western suburbs, Oak Park, where you have some of the wealthiest families in the entire state live in. You know, how do we describe ourselves as a world-class city when, when my family and other families dread the idea of our children riding their bikes? We have to invest in a holistic way making sure that mental health services, housing is available, that we actually have you know, real opportunities for young people to, to get a skill and, and, and to contribute to our economy by working. And that's, that's how we address it in a holistic way that, that, that really attacks the root causes of violence in our city. And that becomes the, the top priority uh, for, for all of us. How do we know, obviously, and using the $75 million, uh, at the county level uh, in grants, just as an example, uh, how do we know if that money is working and, and, and when it is working? Because these are things, you, you know, you can't, it's like an ocean liner, you can't turn it on a dime. Um, but people also want to they want to see a magic wand i mean they they want things to be safe tomorrow yeah yeah we we do i i want things to be safe tomorrow as well and you know what 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 i can tell you is what's not working you know there's another media outlet which i won't give a plug uh on, on your show but there's another media outlet that looked at how much money we spend in jails and in incarceration and we have in austin what are called million dollar blocks. It's the amount of money that has been invested in the incarceration and the, the jailing of black folks in particular. And what we know is that that has not worked. It hasn't worked. And we have to remove ourselves from this addiction of, 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 investing in things that do not work, right? I mean, it, it's well-documented that there is a lack of trust between law enforcement and communities across the city. We have to restore that. And one of the ways in which you restore that, quite frankly, is you have to create opportunities uh, for, for people to, to, to have stability. Look, it is becoming so hard to live in the city of Chicago. It's, it's, it's so hard. And, you know, my wife and I, we live in Austin, but 
our eight-year-old and 10-year-old attend a school in Portage Park. My 14-year-old attends a school in Hyde Park. And one of the reasons why we have to leave our community to attend a public neighborhood school is because the neighborhood schools close to us don't offer the activities that our children participate in. And I know that's just not us. The, the entire city of Chicago um, literally have to apply to qualify for basic amenities in, in, in the city of Chicago. That's not right, you know, Craig. And, and, and that's the, the, the challenge that, that we have. And, and, and the leadership that exists right now at the executive level has not met that challenge. And there's a good reason why families are frustrated and, and, and they're having a tough time living in Chicago. And in some cases, they're being forced out of the city of Chicago because either they can't afford to live here or there's, there's no investment in their communities, right? Or, or again, they can't afford to live here. There's no school in their community. You need, you need leadership at the executive level to identify with working people. And, and again, that's why I believe that there are a number of progressive organizations and independent political organizations that are, that are charging me um, you know, to, to, to take this moment seriously, and I am. And let's talk a little bit about the, the school issue, because we had uh, uh, school uh, CEO, public school CEO Pedro Martinez on just last week, and he was talking about the need for more equity and, and uh, you know, no disparities among the various school schools in the district. Uh, so with this push for the elected school board, now that state law has made this uh, the law, how is it going? Uh, are you satisfied with the way it's progressing? You know, what, what I am seeing is, a, is um, the Chicago public schools, which of course they're run, the, the system is ran by the mayor of Chicago, right? Everybody knows that. And what you need is, a more collaborative approach with professionals who do the work, with parents who live <laughs> the work and live in these communities to address um, equity in a far more imaginative way. This is why, you know, I've been organizing um, even in my own district for, for our neighborhood schools to adopt the sustainable community school model where families and community um, provide direction for that school community. It's why we've been pushing for, um, quite frankly, we've been pushing for um, the, 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 the fact that we have 20,000 homeless students in the city of Chicago that are documented. It's why we've been pushing for um, equity and justice and affordability. Look, the hand school, the hand-picked school board has been an abysmal failure in this city. It has made us more stratified. It has pushed out veteran teachers and particularly black women. It has caused tremendous harm and turmoil. The closure of schools in the city of Chicago is one of the greatest acts of terror ever administered by a local government on poor people. Craig, there are 1,000 children, over 1,000 children that are still missing from that school closing, from the school closings in 2013, 
223 of them were from the west side of Chicago. There is no record of where they are. So, so progress is necessary because the status quo, much like how we have approached public safety, has failed. And we need leadership that, again, that speaks to um, not just the conditions in which people suffer through, but provide political solutions to those conditions. Well, we really only have about a, a minute left, but uh, uh, you're also calling for more bargaining rights for teachers and others. Uh, can you just say a little bit about that? Yeah, the, at the height of unionization in this country, um, the achievement gap between black and white students had nearly disappeared. The best thing that we can do to bring economic stability within our, our city of Chicago is to make sure that as many, many, as many families as possible have access to W-2s. Because not only does it secure the economics of communities, but it also makes sure it ensures that people have health care. It's why I fought to expand county care in, in, in Cook County government, where 40,000 additional families have access to health care. That if people are working, our children are stable, and our health care is protected, that's how you secure uh, a, a healthy, thriving city. And, and that's, that's what I'm committed to. Thank you. That is the last word. We are out of time. That is Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Thank you for spending the half hour with us. Uh, to our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at WBBMNewsRadio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcast on Odyssey.com. We'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, 105.9 WBBM. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at penfed.org slash savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota. 
Let's go places.